by The Way in Brea. Lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Way's production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. I'm going to jump right into it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I want to pray and then have a short video for you guys. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that the word that has been going forth, we thank you for the testimony as we heard from Alicia this morning, just about praying and wanting to be in your presence and then you just delivering and blessing her, Lord God. We understand and we believe that you have the same for all of us in every area of our life. As we get into your word this morning, we ask that you would help us, Lord, that you would give us understanding, give us revelation, give us encouragement and conviction. Whatever it is that you have for us, that's what we came to receive. Just have your way, Lord. Touch your people. We love you, and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Short video for you guys.
wake up call. <laughs> How many of you guys seen that before? Anybody? No? Good. I'm glad it's the first time for many of you. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. So we have a Father in heaven. We have a big brother that came to earth. And they've given us an amazing spirit as an example for us of what to imitate. They've given their spirit to empower us uh, to imitate well. Our imitation is not a lie. It's not a facade. It's an imitation unto formation. Right? God says he sent his son to give us an example. He says, walk like this, live like this, behave like this. Then he says, I'll give you my spirit so that you can actually do it. But it's not pretend. It's not like uh, we're going to pretend to be good people. We're going to pretend to be good Christians. And it's fake. It's a facade. A facade is you have, you know, this is a facade. <laughs> Behind here is an electrical box, but we want to make it look pretty, so we put this little wood on here. It's fake. There's, there's just something ugly behind that. When we say imitate God, it's not fake. It's not a facade. It's unto formation. That means that as we imitate God, eventually we will become like God. We'll be like our Father. We'll be like the Son. We will be like and filled with the Holy Spirit. This video is powerful because many of us know it to be true with our parents. And how God would rather give us mercy than judgment. Somebody say amen. He has not cursed us. He's actually made a way of escape for us. <laughs> His way of escape is he says, I've given you a pattern to imitate. Even still, many of us have found that this process of imitating God, right? We want to become true children of God. We want to leave behind the years of being children of the world. It's still very, very difficult. We can read a scripture like Ephesians uh, 5.1 that says, imitate me. We can hear it preached, imitate God, act like God, live like God, say what God would say, do what God would do, but it's still hard. Somebody say amen. First Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. This idea of, of disciples, follow. I'll give you a young lady that will get up here and say, I don't like the job I'm at, so I'm going to pray for another job. I'm going to pray when I interview. I'm going to pray when I leave. I'm going to go to a sister and ask her if she has an opening. Then I'm going to go back to my job and work and say, God, whatever you do is going to be on your terms. Then I'm going to get the job, and I'm going to tithe. And then I'm going to continue to pray. And I'm not going to just say, I'm going to have my weekends off. i got to have my weekends off so I can serve you, Lord. Imitate her as she, as she imitates Christ. That's what Paul is saying here. He knows it's not going to be easy. I know it's not going to be easy. You know it's not going to be easy. But there's no alternative. There's not an option B. Over the years, I have felt the pain of falling short. I felt the pain of uh, falling into sin along the way. Coming up against times where you feel like, man, I'm just never going to make it. I'm not going to get where it is that we're trying to go. It's hard when you see the condition of your own heart and you know that it's uh, betrayed you and you've submitted sometimes to your sinful nature. That's hard to get up and look in the mirror and be like, dang, my heart is dark. <laughs> I wanted to do right and I didn't. In Romans, Paul says it like this, I, I don't do what I want to do, I do what I don't want to do. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I know how I'm supposed to do it, and I want to actually do it, but I can't. I keep doing the wrong things. 
I don't know if any of you have that same kind of heart condition from time to time, but I know what that's like. 1 John 3.20 says, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he When you're depressed, when you're sad, when you're, when you're feeling low, when you're feeling like you're not going to make it, when you know you've done wrong, he says, I'm greater than your heart. I know all things. If you're saved, you get that comfort. So verse 1 says, um, for us to be imitators of God as dear children. Verse 2 this morning, Ephesians 5, 2 says, walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So walk in love as Christ did, and he loved you to death. Like, that's where, that's where the bar is set. Walk in love as Christ did, and how did Christ love us? He loved us to death. This is Romans 5.18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I say Jesus loved us to death, but through his death he gave us justification, the scripture says. He gave us righteousness and he gave us eternal life. That's what it means to be born again. Through his death we're born again, but we're born justified. We're born righteous and we're born with eternal life. On Friday night, we had a praying in the spirit service here, and uh, we sang a song, and the chorus line eventually got to the point where it says, I was made for love. Amen. And we kept singing it and singing it. And this scripture this morning, when it says, walk in love, right, as Christ walked in love, this idea of being born again and what he's afforded to us, there was this reminder on Friday night that, like, when we're born again, we were, we were made for love. Like, that's what we're supposed to do. And we talked about it a little bit on Friday night. Um, if we're not walking in love, if we're not living in love, like that's what we were created for. That's why we struggle when we don't do that. That's why we're angry. That's why we're bitter. That's why we're depressed. That's why we have struggles overcoming. God says, uh, imitate me and walk in love. Let's read through verse five. I'm going to keep it together. I'm going to start back at one and read through verse five. Be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication... For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So we're reminded right now that Paul is writing this letter. He's writing this message to the Ephesians. They're coming out of the world. They're coming out of a, a Ephesus lifestyles we've been talking about. And Paul speaks boldly, prophetically, and with great expectation. What does that mean? He tells them, you can imitate God and you can love like Christ loves. But then he gets bold and he says, but if you're screwing around with each other, you ain't going to inherit the kingdom. If you're a liar, a fornicator, if you're an idolater, you have no inheritance with God. He's speaking boldly, but he's also speaking prophetically. He's saying, you are greater than this. And he's speaking with high expectations. The bar is set high in the church. 
We could talk about hearts that betray us, but we could. Paul is not expecting a gradual coming out of the world. I want you to hear that this morning. Paul, Ephesians, God speaking to us through his word. You can read it for yourself and you tell me what you read. But this does not sound like Paul is writing this letter to them and saying, you know, over the next four, five, 10, 12 years, I really hope that you guys can come out of some of the things that you're involved in. You know, right now, you, you know you're in high school, so just kind of do whatever you want to do. And, you know, later on when, when it's a little bit easier. Right now, you know, you've you got those marital issues and there's a little bit of drama. So, you know what, just, just go ahead and keep fighting for a while. But, but one day, you know, right now, finances are a little bit tight, so don't worry about honoring God. It's okay, you know, just it'll be all right. He'll, he'll understand. What version is this? <laughs> what version do you have? Fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, not it, let, it, let it not be named among you. That's not fitting for the saints. Filthiness, foolish talking, coarse dressing. It's not fitting. He's expecting an all-out war for the freedom of your life to be waged day in and day out. Like a war for your life is what he's telling these Ephesians. Last Sunday, I was in New York with Mary. If anybody wants to go to New York and, and uh, not have to pay for somewhere to stay, you can go sleep at their place, plenty of room. Uh, but I was there, and the, and the message that I shared with them was, uh, was titled, The Way to Living Hope. Our church is here in California. Theirs is all the way across the nation in New York. Our church is called The Way. Theirs is called Living Hope. So you get The Way to Living Hope, right? So this message, uh, this message was all about the kingdom and the church. The kingdom and the church. I believe that there is a kingdom beyond this one, right? The United States is the most powerful nation on the planet, but there's a kingdom that is more powerful than the United States. And people, a lot of people can't see that. The church, I believe, is more significant and more powerful than most people are able to see. In verse 5 this morning, listen to what Paul says. This you know. That no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. If we don't understand the kingdom, then we cannot comprehend the inheritance. Like, what good is the inheritance if you don't understand the kingdom? What good is it talking about the things we're talking about if citizenship and our salvation? I shared this with, with them out there we, where Mary and I stayed. Uh, we stayed in a hotel, I was there for work, and we stayed right next to the UN. So you guys ever watch the news and you see the United Nations, you see all the people coming, like, I, I thought it was like coming to America. I saw like all kinds of Africans coming in, I saw crazy stuff, all these people coming from all kinds of nations, because they had that big uh, environmental summit, the little girl from wherever she's from. So we're seeing all this happen, so they have embassies all over the place, right? All these, all these embassies from all these other nations. And I thought to myself, like, what these people are is they're, they're from another nation, but this is sovereign land for Nigeria or sovereign land for Sweden where this small group of people are able to go and say, even though we're in America, this is our land. 
That's what God is explaining in his scriptures to us as Christians. He says, you live in Southern California, but wherever you are is an embassy for the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) And you have an, an inheritance. The difference is those nations that have embassies throughout the United States, not one of them believes that eventually they're gonna take over the United States. Does that make sense? Like that little Nigerian embassy, they don't expect one day to be like, we got America. We took it over from our embassy. As a Christian, what Jesus says is, you are an ambassador wherever you live. It's, a, it's an, an outpost or an embassy for the kingdom of heaven. And one day in America, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. But we're not at war. Citizenship and salvation. Who are you going to pledge your allegiance to, Right? We're all born into the kingdom of darkness, the scriptures tell us, right? But if we see the light, if we see the love, right? God's striving to awaken us and wake us up. We'll pledge our allegiance to Christ. We'll, take, we'll lay our lives down. We'll take his life up. Then after that, after you choose what nation you want to be a citizen of, who you're going to pledge your allegiance to, you become a soldier. <laughs> and then the battles begin. You have to fight for your mind. You have to fight for your body. You have to fight for your marriage. You have to fight for your family. You have to fight for your friendships. Your citizenship will always be secure. Once you come to Christ, you're always a citizen of heaven. You'll you'll end up with God in the presence of God. But listen, everything else is up for grabs. You get saved. You belong to God. But you can still lose your marriage. You can still lose your kids. You can still lose your friendships. You can lose everything, especially if you don't want to go to war. There are Americans who live the American dream, right? And there are also Americans who are living the American nightmare. They're all citizens. But some of them are down on Skid Row right now with a needle in their arm. They're American citizens, but they're living a nightmare. There are Christians who are living the dream and the promises that God has offered to us. And there are Christians who are being massacred, losing everything. Why? Some of us, we fight in isolation. And some of us don't want to fight. And we wave the white flag. And you know what the enemy says? I don't respect white flags. (laughs) I don't care if you want to fight or not. I'm going to whoop you. If you're not fighting, you are getting whooped. (laughs) You might not think it. Last night, I tried to wave the white flag. I I wish I could tell you details, but I can't. (laughs) Be here all day. Barely made it up here today. I'm not going to do that right now. But I tried to wave the white flag, and I had some brothers show up to my house and stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning with me. And they said, listen, there's no white flags. Like, you could wave it if you want, but the enemy's not going to stop outside your house and say, oh, oh, okay, tell me when you want to fight again. They're going to come in and take everything. And it, as a pastor, it drives me absolutely crazy because I look out at people and I'm like, why are you not fighting? Your life is being destroyed. Your future is being taken. Your hope is being robbed from you. Why are you not fighting? Verse 6, listen to this. Let no one deceive you with empty words. 
Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Is it fair for me to say this morning that if someone tells you something other than what I'm telling you this morning about the fact that it's a war, that I think they're just empty words? If somebody comes along and says, no, no, that's not Christianity. It's peace and happiness and everything gets better and you don't have to do anything. Did you go to church today? Oh, oh my God. Everything's going to be amazing. It's a lie. Those are empty words. Don't give. You don't have to give. God gave so that you don't have to. Those are empty words. Help others, even if you're suffering. That's not true. <laughs> are you, you got a little cough? Stay home and take care of yourself. God wants you to be healthy. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? David's dying. His family's been destroyed. They took everybody, his kids. The whole thing is being destroyed. And what is, what is God says, David, uh, stop crying. Strengthen yourself. Let's go battle and, and get your family back. What Bible are we reading? What church are we going to? Who's lying to us that there's something better out there somewhere else? There's not. It's just the truth. How dare he tell me that I shouldn't be sleeping with my boyfriend and that I can't teach kids if I'm going to do it. What the? Some <laughs> who trouble you and they want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But listen to this. I love Paul. He says, even if we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel to you, then that which we have already preached to you, let us be accursed. We have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Paul says, I told you the truth, so if I start to waver, I should be accursed. Don't listen to me. There's only one way to heaven, and he expects everything from you. That's it. You, you have to die to yourself. You have to give everything. You can't stop fighting. You have to read the word. You have to pray. You have to learn to love. You have to keep going. You cannot quit. His scripture says those who endure to the end will be saved. That's it. Paul says if you hear anything else, you should run. If somebody begins to tell you there's a better way, an easier way, a nicer place, a more comfortable way to serve the Lord, you should say, stop with those lies. I know the truth. It's not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. It's not about my happiness. It's about the will of God. It's not about me living my best life. It's about dead people coming to life. Paul says, man, if I, and he knows, he knows our human nature. He says, if I begin to tell you something else, I should be cursed. Do not listen to me. You already heard the truth. Verse 8. <laughs> See why we're only doing 21 verses today? That wasn't by mistake. Paul says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. 
and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We were all once darkness, but if you're a believer, the scripture says you are light. Not you will become light. Not one day you will be illuminated. It says you were darkness, and when you pledged your allegiance to Jesus Christ, you became light. That's why the scriptures say, what good is a light if you put a, a cover over it? It's not that you're not light. It's that you don't want to shine, but you can't help but shine. You have the Spirit of God alive inside of you. How many of us, don't raise your hands because I don't want to see. <laughs> How many of us are like struggling with sin and we're, we're like, we're trying to figure out, like, God, what's the blueprint, and, and how are we going to get through this, and we're doing Jericho walks, and we're doing prayer nights, and you know what I mean? We're dancing at the altar, just like, God, you got to do something. And then what's his answer? You should, you should find out what's acceptable to the Lord. Like, that's the big reveal. Find out what's acceptable to the Lord. He's looking for people who are ashamed of darkness in their own lives, and they're ashamed of darkness in the world and that will commit to letting light shine within them and shine in the world, right? He says it's shameful, the things, and Paul's not pointing the finger and I'm not pointing the finger. I'm, I remember what it was like. I'm ashamed of the things that I was involved in, and you should be too. <laughs> it's dark, but how many of us, when we start testifying, it's like we're more excited to testify about the darkness we used to be involved in than the light that we now have. Right? We start talking, oh, I used to do this, and I used to do, ooh, uh. <laughs> And then somebody says, well, tell me what Jesus is doing in your life right now. I go to church. <laughs> That's all we can say. But when we want to talk about the darkness, there's no shame. There's no humility about what we used to do and what we used to say and where we, was, where we used to go, who we used to do it with. There's boldness with the darkness. And there's a hiding of the light. So what's the answer? Verse 14. Therefore, God says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Wake up. Wake up. So Paul's writing this letter to the Ephesians. We talked about this before when we first started, and we gave a little bit of background. But Paul's in prison. Paul's sitting in a prison, and he's thinking about this church full of people. And Lord knows I can, I can feel Paul. He's in a prison, and he's thinking, what can I say to them to get them to understand the kingdom, the church, uh, what God has done in their life, what they have to do, how they can't make excuses, how they have to understand that even though they're in Ephesus, they belong now to the kingdom of God, and they have to go to war. They're in the middle of a battle. Paul's trying to figure out how to get that message across him, and he says, wake up. You're sleeping. Arise from the dead. Christ is going to give you light. I wonder if this was what Paul was thinking about as he writes it. This is from Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, Saul, light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and I'll, I will, excuse me, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed. was called upon as a disciple, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight. Inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he's praying. And the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on him. He said, brother, and he arose and was baptized. So this is Paul's personal experience. Say amen if you understand. Amen. This is what Paul has gone through. And now listen to what he writes to the church. Give you light. This is a man who was dead and killing Christians. This is a man who was sleepwalking through his spirituality. And this is a man that could not see anything and scales fell from his eyes. I think it carries weight when he says to a group of people, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Sometimes we don't want to hear it and we don't like who we have to hear it from. But man, I, I, I can only imagine if these people in Ephesus really understood what Paul was saying to them and why he was the one saying it to them and how valuable it was and what he had been through so that they can know that he was telling the truth. So let's close. Last six verses, 15. Paul says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. Hopefully for you, I know this is true for Digging my heels into the ground when I shouldn't be digging my heels into the ground. And start redeeming the time. If you've been a bad parent, stop now and redeem the time with your kids. Go reach out, grab them, hug them, stop immediately and start redeeming the time. If your marriage is struggling, don't wait till tomorrow. Start now and start redeeming the time. Every area of our lives, God is saying, it, it only works this way with the Lord when it comes to real life, that you can redeem the time, right? You can go buy uh, uh, a bottle of water, you can buy a soda, and then you have a California redemption, right? You save the bottle, and you go get five cents back. <laughs> God is saying, I'll take your used up life, I'll take that broken relationship, right? I'll take like something that has no value because everything that was good that was in it has already been wasted. And he's saying, I'll let you redeem it. Like you want it, you want it back? I'll let you redeem it. I'll give you value for something that no longer has any value and we don't see it. Paul says, man, redeem the time. Then he says this, 
Don't be filled with wine. Don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. That comparison matters. The idea of being drunk with wine, many of us know what that's like, right? Being drunk, you lose control, but all of a sudden you have this boldness, <laughs> right? You start saying things that like you would never say. You start thinking you can fight everybody, you can do whatever you want to do, right? And you can't be hurt, you can't be stopped. There's a reason why God makes that comparison. He says, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, right? It, 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 instead, of, instead of producing something better and stronger as it goes on, like you get sober and sober and all you're left is to death and destruction. He says, instead, be filled with the Spirit so you have that same boldness. You have that same lack of control because the Spirit is now controlling you. But instead of dissipation, it gets better and better. You don't have a hangover afterwards. You have a new life of things that you've redeemed. Be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that? Figure it out. <laughs> I think I'm going to stop giving answers and just start giving questions. Are you filled with the Spirit? If not, figure it out because he says be filled with the Spirit. There's got to be a way, right? He wouldn't tell us to do it if we couldn't do it. I'll stop telling you what I think you should do. You don't want to hear that. Just bear fruit. How about that? And then the, the best part, and this is a great place to close. <laughs> that he says this, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Is that how we talk to each other? Are we singing to one another? During meet and greet, did you walk around? I love you, brother. <laughs> I love you, sister. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it seems foreign, but, but I, want you to, I want you to, again, I want to I reference last, last uh, Friday night. We were, we were worshiping, we were singing, we were praying, and people were coming up and, and kind of sharing what God was putting on their heart. And this is what it felt like. We were singing to God. But if you were in the room, it felt like, man, we're kind of singing to each other and we're, we're feeling each other's presence and we're feeling this like, like this being filled with the Spirit. <laughs> he says, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Like something should be happening in your heart and it's giving glory to God because of it. How do we do that? Figure it out. And then the last part, submitting to one another in fear of God. This is what we closed with on Friday night. Um, as the pastor, I'm used to being able to talk. I'm used to being able to speak. I'm used to be able to have the microphone and share things that God has put on my heart. But what God's saying here, and, and I think it's important to understand, submitting to one another in the fear of God. As, as each individual, about four or five people shared on Friday night things that God was doing in them and speaking to them that, that they thought maybe would be for everybody else. I had a fear of the Lord based on who those people are in the Lord. Whoever grabbed that microphone is not just a lady from the church. It's not just a man from the church. That is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven who has the spirit of God alive inside of them and God is speaking through them right now. For these individuals, right? Who are you to tell me anything? I got a Bible of my own. I'm actually coming to this church to help you out. <laughs> really? 
If somebody teaches you or preaches another gospel, let them be accursed. Read this thing for yourself. Understand what it says. If you don't understand, there's people here that might understand a little bit more than you do. Ask them. Ask them. Not so that we can be uh, Bible thumpers, right? I learned more than you. Come over here. Pay out. Oh. Good Lord. Good thing we don't do video up in here. It won't be the worst thing I've seen on Facebook this week. Don't worry about it. All right. So listen, that's not why we want to learn so that we can thump people with our Bible. We want to learn so that we can, what does it say? Find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Right? We're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to bless each other. We're supposed to encourage each other. Right now, let's stand and pray for each other. Before anything else happens up in here. Hallelujah, Lord. Told you I was up till 4 o'clock in the morning. See what happens? Oh, Lord. I was nowhere you came to my rescue From the grave I've been raised When I needed a savior to save me Jesus, you made a way listening. The Way would love you to visit our church at 451 West Lambert Road, Suite 204 in the city of Brea. Our service times are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.thewaybrea.com or you can download our church app by visiting your app store and searching The Way Brea. Be blessed.